welcome back to the Business and Bliss podcast. We have some amazing energy for you here today. Um, I am your host, Lisa Kay, here with the amazing Jennifer Conkey. Hey, Jen. Hey, what's up? All right, you guys. So we're getting real fancy over here on Business and Bliss, and we have another duo here for you today. So we're going to turn it over to them and jump right in. Amazing show ahead for you okay. today. So listen, Omar. introducing Elisa and Omar Camacho. Take it away. Awesome. No. <laughs> first hey. of all, I want to say thank you guys for having us on. Uh, I, first of all, amazing big fans. And so thank you for taking the time to schedule us in. I know Elisa and I were super excited about this. Uh, so, so I just want to say thank you, first of all. Oh I've been excited for like a month. I think it's like six looking forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. I love it. I'm excited. Uh, all right, uh, Elisa, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be a gentleman and I'm going to let you introduce yourself first. And then, because, right, man, we got to support the ladies uh, who honestly make our world go round and we would be completely lost without you. So <laughs> take it away. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so my name is Elisa Camacho and I am the owner and founder of Female Entrepreneur Empire. It's my baby. That's like the biggest thing that I'm known for. Um, but honestly, I really just believe that there's uh, this. I don't know. There's a shift in the world and I love it because it's all about like women and how do we support them and help them as they step into them. And I love, thank you, Omar, for being an amazing husband and supporting me as I go through that journey myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm introducing myself, right? Like that's, you want me to go all the way? Okay, great. Go all the way. <laughs> so, okay, great. So my kind of, I'll go like really like brief, but like give you guys some real context of where I came from. So, um, by the time I was 20, my goal was to be a district manager. I don't know if anybody else has that goal, but like, that was like, my goal was like, I'm going to be a district manager. Like <laughs> Stacey's like, I mean, Jen's like right here. Um, and so for me, it was like a big deal. Right. And so, um, I kind of started out in a few companies, worked my way up by the time I was 20, I was super excited. Cause I was a district manager. Actually, I remember like the first time we went to like, uh, it was like a corporate meeting that we had, but it was like at this bar. Anyway, I like barely turned 21 and I was like so pumped that I was like finally 21. But, um, but yeah, so that was like my jump into corporate and I loved it. Um, but I just, I didn't, I wasn't fulfilled. I still wasn't fulfilled. I loved it. Um, and I was worked with multiple companies, helped them grow their teams, um, to kind of give you some context of that. I mean, I took a team that was like 127th to 12th in six months. Uh, out of 130 something. So they were like basically the bottom team to basically the top team. So that was like incredible. Um, but then I decided to start my own company with my husband. And I mean, depending on how deep Omar wants to go into that story, I'll let him tell you guys that funny story. But I seriously, like it was a crazy entrepreneurship ride. And the more that I could say, how do I apply, apply leadership? How do I apply the things that I learned in a corporate setting to my entrepreneur business? The smarter I got, and it was kind of weird, but the more successful my company got, not just playing in this, like, Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and only do personal development, but like, Hey, how am I going to do personal development and actually run a business, like a real freaking business. And so I started doing that, um, through like branding, marketing, like strategies, sales strategies, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the back end stuff, and it just completely blew up the empire that is now my baby female entrepreneur empire and creating lots of opportunities. So it's kind of a random. No, that's that way, good. But, no, that way, it was good. Yeah. I love it. I love the story. <laughs> One of the things that um, that resonates with me when I hear your story, Lisa, is it reminds me of back in the day when I was also 19 and, and being young and being a female and being out there. I think that a lot of our audience members can relate to that and the struggle. At what point did you decide, I'm going to start my own business and take all of the skills from running this business and apply it to my own business. And now if I'm not mistaken, you also help other people do the same thing, right? Don't you have a mastermind or something? Talk to us yeah, about yeah. that. 
<laughs> yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff. So, so for me, like the big moment was, well, me and Omar, first of all, we're, do, we're paying for personal development. So we were not your typical, you know, workers that just kind of work and then go to work and then come home and then go back to work and, and not really care about the future. Like we a hundred percent were like investing thousands of dollars into ourselves just to climb these companies. Like we were straight up, like, we're, how do we become the highest paid employee for these companies? And we were investing in us. But then at some point we had learned so much that we were like, Hey, look, I think we might be able to take this and like, and share this with everybody else. And like, how do we help other people do this too? Right. It's kind of like every coach's journey essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and that shift happened and Omar took that leap and then I took that right after him, but it actually wasn't until like two or three months into our business that I was like, Hey, I actually should just apply what I already know. Cause I went to, Oh, I have to follow what every other entrepreneur does. I have to try it the entrepreneur way. And then I was like, that's stupid. I, I don't want to be an entrepreneur for life. I want to be like freaking Jeff Bezos. Like, how do I become a business owner? And so I stopped trying to look at myself as an entrepreneur and started shifting it to a business owner. And it actually that in itself made the shift um, because yeah. my mindset just changed that I was more serious about life. That is awesome. Omar, so you were the, you were the first leader. You were the one that were like, I'm out of here, right? Oh, you yeah. recognize the 40, 40, 40 wasn't going to work. You worked 40 hours. <laughs> Right. For 40 years, making 40% of, oh. you know, trying to retire off of 40% of what you couldn't live on anyways. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. What made you do it? Omar, tell us about you. Okay. So, uh, what, what I do now is I run the legends movement, which is basically because of this story that, I, you know, the quick little intro to what I'm going to do when we first, uh, we climbed the ranks, the top of our, in the top of our companies that we were part of, right. We're highest paid employees. And then that's when, you know, the entrepreneur itch when you're like, Hey, I'm pretty good at something. What if I go do this for myself? I, 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 let's see what that's like, right? So I remember we literally just jumped all in. We had just bought our house, just bought our cars, literally just had our uh, first baby girl, right? So we were living what we thought was the dream, the over six figures working for companies and everything and completely cut off our income to zero. Cause I thought, you know what? Uh, we're going to either uh, sink or we're going to swim and I'm not going to let my baby starve, right? <laughs> we're going to be fine. Well, uh, I was, I was really good at this one skill. I was really good at selling, right? I'd been in sales all the time. So I was like, oh, this will be easy. Sales is exactly what people need. I'm gonna make things happen. Well, I found out very, very quickly that if you don't have people to sell to, <laughs> being good at sales is, is, is completely useless. Yeah. It's, it's useless. And so uh, I remember really struggling the first couple of months, completely struggling to make any money, literally to the point where we were getting our power water shut off, like everything. Like I was literally looking for dollars to try and buy food for our daughter. Right. And like Elisa and I, and it was completely insane. But basically from there, uh, I learned some very valuable things you need to be able to one, have a good product or service to be able to attract people consistently to that. Then you need to have, a, have to have a good conversion method of getting those people who like your stuff to get them on a call. The more calls you have, the more money you can make. We all know that. And so then from the call, how to have that good, this is where the sales came in to then be able to, you know, make money. And so from that, I created a, a predictable way to generate income. And so now the legends movement basically focuses on me helping entrepreneurs make their income predictable, scale to six figures plus so that they can have that stability that it was nice to know, Hey, when I work a job, I know I'm going to work this many hours. And I'm going to make this much money. But as an entrepreneur, there's not very much stability until you get things going. Well, I created a system to make it more stable so that people can actually predict their income. And now it doesn't make it easier. It just gives you a point of focus on what you need to do and then predict the income that's going to come out. 
Dude, that is rad. Okay. Yeah. So obviously you guys are like badasses and that makes sense why you're married. So that's good. Um, so, this is like that, the Jen and Stacy team. If Jen and Stacy would have been married like, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Powerhouse couple. Agree. Agree. So I just want to jump right into it. So you guys, you know, obviously our listeners are entrepreneurs or people who are in corporate and who are wanting to kind of take that leap, follow their bliss, find joy, follow their passion, share their gifts. So you guys get all of that. So a big thing for us here on the Business and Bliss podcast is to share some tangible tips. And Alisa, you and I talked about this a little bit. What are some things for our listeners that you guys would say, okay, these are some tangible, tactical tips, questions, wisdom that walking away from today, they can actually go apply and see some results, start inching their way toward that dream or inching their way toward profitability. What would you guys say? Ready, set, go. I feel like you both want to say something. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay, ready. They're like, I like, so there's a million answers I could give to this question and I definitely right. will just uh, let Omar answer it too. Cause guys, I could just talk on this forever, but here's the one that came to mind. So there's so mm -hmm. many I could give and like, but for your audience, this is the intuitive one that I'm going with. So I'm going with it. Honestly, track every single day. Like most entrepreneurs don't track because they're like, I don't have anything to track. So why would I track? But, but they have to understand that even tracking one thing shows you that you only did one thing that day. You know what I mean? And so if you can track, I did a challenge in my group. Um, last week when I was doing, I don't remember what training it was, but we were doing a training and I was like, awesome, you guys, here you were talking about money. How do you make more money? I want everybody to go look and see every single day that you made money last month. Like literally go look and see every single day. What, what not did you make a sell, but what did you actually receive money at some point? Right. Um, and it was crazy because people who are making $24,000 that are my clients are like, okay, well I was making, I made 20, $24,000 last month. Like I was super proud of myself, but I realized by just looking at when I was actually receiving money that I actually was not even trying to receive money a lot of the time. I was just kind of playing it half fast. And so it doesn't matter if you're just barely starting out making $200 a month, or if you're literally up to that like 20, $30,000 marker, track your money every single day. Don't just do it on a profit and loss at the end of the month. Cause I get it. I've been there. Like, I mean, genuinely say, Hey, what money do I have coming in? Because here's what I'll tell you. Money is the solution to half of your, mo most of your problems. Problems, I'll be honest, most of them outside of being a good person, knowing how to connect to people like money is going to solve a lot of things for you as an entrepreneur. Um, cause you're going to be able to hire, you're going to be able to buy the right things. You're going to be able to invest in the programs you need, like all the yeah. things that you need as an entrepreneur. And I'll tell you what, for some reason we get so scared to look at our financial situation as entrepreneurs, even when we're crushing it, we don't want to look because we're scared. It's going to all just go away. Mm -hmm. And so track every single day all the things, how many customers you have coming in, how much money you're making, how many conversations you're having, what opportunities you're opening up. I don't want to overwhelm, but there's a lot to track. No, that's good. It's yeah. good because what happens, what happens is people usually take that leap of faith, right? It's kind of like you, you guys quit your corporate America jobs, the six figures and said, forget about it. We're going to do this. We're going all in, which is a, a big step. And it's like, um, that story of Cortez and how he burnt his ships you burnt all your ships. Like there was no escape route. It was live or die, fight or flight, like make it happen ground zero. And when you put yourself in that situation, you just have to take hard action. And, but the fact that you had business skills and business savvy and turned it into how can I make it a business versus how can I just be an entrepreneur and be that fancy word or that phrase is like, that's what got you through it is because you've had the business sense in it. And so applying those things and tracking it and looking at it, from a monetary perspective, you know you, what what gets measured and monitored moves. So 100%. that's a huge piece of advice. Omar, how about you? What advice would okay. you give? 
Okay, so I love it. So I'm actually going to touch on a little bit about numbers and what numbers you should actually be tracking. Because I'll tell you, as entrepreneurs, people don't really tell us how to track our numbers. They don't tell us what numbers to track. They don't say specifically what you should be focusing on. And so I want to share with you guys a couple of key numbers you should focus on, and I'm going to show you how they work. Sound good? Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, for example, let's just say uh, I'm going to give you a simple strategy of how to do $10,000 uh, a week. Okay, so here's the uh, easiest way to say it. So let's say you have a $1,000 product. Okay, so a lot of people can have a $1,000 product that create a thousand. We'll just use that for simple numbers. Okay, so a lot of people, when they go, how do I make more money? What should I do? Uh, that's where as entrepreneurs, we start to think, well, what new thing can we create? Uh, where should we be focused on? Uh, who can I reach out to? And all these different things. When in reality, if you had a solid system and you could track your numbers, you would know exactly what to do. So for example, let's say you have that $1,000 uh, product, right? Now, let's say uh, you want to create a freemium, right? Everybody should have some type of lead magnet to consistently fill their flow. So let's say you create a, a PDF or a video training or an ebook, right? And obviously everybody's doing this. This is where you have to get creative and you have to stand out, right? This is where your personality is huge. But let's say you create that. Now, let's say you're giving it away for free, right? Doing contests, doing, giving it away for free, however you want. Let's say you can give it away to just 100 people, okay, 100 people. Now, that's not very hard if you have some of quality, right? So 100 people giving it away for free. So let's say 100 of those people take it for free. They go, thank you very much. Now, here's where you have to have a solid script or a solid uh, delivery method because you're going to deliver it. And then here's key, follow up with them. Say, hey, how can I help you with this? Okay, you want to create a system that schedules those into calls. Because we know if we can get them into a call, then you could do a sale. So let's say you create a solid system, right? My system right now does very, very well, converts about a 40%. But let's just say it, it converts at a 20%. You have a decent one, converts at 20, right? So from those 100 people you gave something away to, for free to, you have now 20 people that want to do a call with you. Okay. So just like that, simple enough, because you had a system, you scheduled 20 calls. Now let's say you schedule them out for an entire week. Okay. So for one week you have 20 calls. Now you need a solid sales script to close them, right? Because anybody who doesn't have a sales script, you're probably losing your customers uh, on tangents. You're probably, you know, not even getting to a sale. You're wondering how you even wasted an hour and a half on a call that went nowhere. So having a solid script is going to help you maintain control, honor their time and honor yours to give them the most value, right? So now let's say you have a solid script that'll convert at like 50%, one in one, because you've worked really good. You know what you're doing. You know who your target audience is and how to help them. So just like that, out of those 20 calls, you close 10, 10 at $1,000 each. Just like that, you've made $10,000. Now people may go, oh, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it wasn't. No, now you know that in order for you to make $10,000, you need to give away a hundred of those. Okay, a hundred people to take you up on that. You need to make $20,000, get 200 people to take you up on those. Does that make sense? So now your main focus to make more money is not what new project do I do, but how do I fuel the top of this because I know they're going to lead it. So knowing your numbers gives you the ability to predict your income. That's good. That's really Damn. good. Omar, bam. So now, okay, so get your funnel full, right? Get it full, get the, or the ladder. Somebody really cool once explained a ladder to me 
I don't know. It, I'm not going to say any names, but it rhymes with Elisa Camacho. Get the <laughs> ladder full, get them off the ladder, down the ladder, right? So here's the biggest thing. As I'm speaking with people and interacting, one of the biggest things that I always hear is, I just really struggle with closing. I don't know how to close. Hit it up. Like, Omar, how do people close? Like, drop some knowledge on closing, and then I'm going to have Elisa chime in, too, because I know she's a monster at it. Okay, cool. So uh, I actually love this because I had a cell system. I know that I that that I used <laughs> I was like, for I was the longest. You would ask me this question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was. I was. I love this. Uh, so I had a cell system of the typical cell system, right? Where people would ask questions like, "Tell me about your problem. Like, how soon do you want to get it? Uh, what? How would that change your life? You know, on a scale of one to ten, how motivated are you?" And that was the simple method, right? And so I found out that it worked, and that's how I built, you know, a pretty good business. But then I found out that a lot of people were actually doing that. And a lot of people, you know how the salesman filter eventually catches up and then people need to find new ways. Well, one of the things that I've done now is I've completely shifted that system, okay? To where now instead of me selling them like that, my goal is for them, before I even ask them to work with me, they go, whoa, how can I work with you and how can we get started right now? Okay, that's my entire goal. So now I have to reverse engineer that. How do I actually make that happen? So for example, you know how I explained that funnel to you, right? So one of the things that I really like to do is I, I like to really give somebody an experience to make them want to work with me. So for example, let's say I explained that funnel to you and how it works, right? Now, one thing I would do is then I would turn it around and say, okay, so give me some of your numbers. How many people on a call are you actually doing? And they say, well, I'm actually doing like 20 calls a week. Uh, okay, how many of them are you closing? and then go through their numbers and work it right back up the funnel. Once I work them up the funnel, I can literally tell them without any extra work how much money they're leaving on the table. And literally every single person I've talked to, we have located anywhere from five to $15,000 without any extra work just because their funnel was clogged on one place. Now, when people see that logically and emotionally it just makes sense to work with you, you're going to skip the whole part of asking them how to work with you. And they're going to go, it just makes sense for me to work with you because you're not selling them based off of what you think you're literally giving them facts on what they're leaving on the table. So at that point, it only makes sense for them to ask to work with you. Sure. Because you've taken the time to nurture them. Hey, real quick, before, before I have Elisa chime in, Omar, I've shared a stage with you and I've seen how you feel and how you have demonstrated whether or not you pitch from stage. Talk to us about that. We have some speakers in our audience and a lot of people ask that question on, should I really be pitching something from stage or what should that approach be? And, and what's, what is it? How do you approach it? Okay. What's your strategy? Perfect. Perfect. So here's the thing. You can pitch from stage and a good pitch from stage. If you're closing about 20%, you're doing pretty good from stage, yeah. right? But let's say your one-on-one -on -one closing ratio is 50%. Okay. One-to-one. -one. Well, Right there's where I really look at it. And I go, first of all, do I like pitch, pitching from stage? No. Why? I can do it, yes, but is that my strong suit? It, and I'm going to be totally honest. It isn't. And self-awareness is key in entrepreneurship. And so I know if my closing rate from stage is like 15%, 10%, whatever it may be, but my one-on-one -on -one closing ratio is 50, so my best bet there is to lead them to a call. So best way to do it, I always say lead with value. If I can get 80% of the audience to take me up on something free that they could have paid for, okay, that they should have paid for, but I gave it to them away for free and I can get 80% of the audience and my closing ratio is 50%, 
well, then I'm going to make a lot more money without offering and giving because I'm finding the right people. So that's the approach I like to take. I love it. Um, I loved when I, when I watched you do it, I was like, wow, that's classy. Because at the same time, it doesn't make people feel like awkward party of a hundred, your table's ready. But we just heard you give all this value and now you're trying to pitch it to us. It felt really super authentic. And it personally, it caused me to change my shift in vantage point on how to do it differently. I thought it was super cool. It was very classy. So oh, first of all, I want to recognize you. you for that. I'm going to, I'm going to shift over to you now, Lisa, and ask, I know Lisa, I feel like I'm totally dominating this and you can chime in. I'll just shut up. But Girl, I'm no, just listening. You're I want to have a Lisa chime in on, you know, for you, you also have a system for closing. And I feel like you're really super strong in the one-on-one -on -one because you're authentic. You're a good connector. What are your thoughts on the situation and closing sales? Yeah, guys, I freaking love closing sales. So <laughs> I know. but I mean like selling in general, because here's the thing, when you are selling with somebody, what you're really doing is just diagnosing them. And I know it's so much easier to say now that I'm not in that, like, can't even pay for my kid's food. Right. Like, cause there was a point where I couldn't pay for my kid's food. And, and I was like, I know what all these people are saying, just like, don't sell, just like be there for the customer and really help them and make it about them. And I, I didn't, I couldn't grasp it. So wherever you're at, just please try to grasp as much as you can. I get it's easier said than done. Um, but you guys like just understanding that you are on the same side as the person that you're selling to like a hundred percent, like you are just there to diagnose them. Like when you go to the doctor, they don't just say, Oh, you have a broken arm without looking at you. Right. Like they're there, they're on your side to like help you figure out what the problem is and then what action you want to take from there going forward. Right. And so, um, that's pretty much your job as a salesperson. And when you understand that, like, and I mean, we all hear it, like we've all taken clients that we should know where we've sold our product to somebody that we should know that maybe didn't really need it. And we were like, oh, I just need to make some money. And so everybody's done that. And we all, anybody from experience will tell you that's not the best way to do it. And that it's horrible. And you want to pull your hair out after, and it's the most annoying thing ever. And so, um, what I like to do is just diagnose them. I won't even offer them something if they're not diagnosed, right? Like that's a hundred percent it. So I do what I call business audits. And I basically just go through and I audit their entire business. Like we talk about their funnel. We talk about like, I mean, and you can audit yourself, you guys, like just look at all the aspects of your business, your branding, your marketing, your sales. Like what are you lacking? Where are you lacking it? Your time management. Do you even have business hours? Like that's something most entrepreneurs don't actually have. And I'm like, how do you not have business hours? Once again, become a real business, right? Get business hours. And so, um, and so I look at that and I, I like, I audit them basically in all these areas. And if they're at a point where they're not making money and they're not taking their company super seriously. And like, I'm not even going to offer them into my high end mastermind because it doesn't make sense for them to be there because they're going to be around people who are like massively diving in. And that, not that that's bad. I just like to surround people with people who are actually moving. And so it wouldn't make sense for me to put them there because it would actually dilute my mastermind, if that makes sense. And I don't want that. And so what we like to do is I like to diagnose, but I will tell you guys this, this the key to being an amazing salesperson is a understand that you're going to diagnose them, but then B understand that note taking is your best friend because market research will be a thing for the end of, for the rest of your company and the rest of your life. Like the market changes all the time. People change why they change. Salesman triggers change. Why, when somebody used to come knock on your door and you'd get like excited because people were there. Now you're like, please no, it's just another guy for one of those things called solar panels. Right. And so you guys, <laughs> no, it's true. and so we look at those things and and like, we forget that like time is evolving. And so your market is going to be changing. And so using the word before, like using the word, like, Hey, is this going to benefit you? Uh, I mean, Hey, is this going to interest you? People would get super like offended. They're like, Oh, I don't want it like interested. No, not me. Right. Like, are you interested in losing weight? No, probably not because I know I should be, but I don't want to say it. But if you switch your language, like, Hey, are, would it benefit you to lose weight? People are like, well, kind of. Yeah. I think I, I, I'd like that. And so just 
taking notes when you're talking to people will actually make you the best salesperson ever. And um, I totally don't know how much time we have, but you guys, I've never shared this with anybody but my high-end mastermind. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, oh, when I take yeah. notes, how I take notes is literally four sections of my paper. I literally divide my paper into four and I take notes on that. I take notes on what fears are they feeling? And then I take notes on the other section is like, what emotions are they feeling? Positive and negative, right? Because some people have negative triggers and some people have positive triggers and we all have both. But, but depending on the conversation, which one am I going to push, right? And then it's like, okay, awesome. I sound like a bad person. I, I hate that salespeople have such a bad rep because once again, I'm diagnosing them. So it's yeah. all in good faith. Use this with good, uh, all the audience listening to this, use it with you know, kindness and love. But, um, and then the other one, the other side of the paper, what area can you help them in? So for me, it's business. So I write down all the things I know they need in business. Are they going to need a new funnel? Do they need to learn, you know, some backend stuff? Do they need to put trackers in place, like time management? Like I write down all the holes that I see in them. Because let's say you're a health coach and you talk to somebody. It would be so easy to ask them, what does your diet look like? And they start to tell you and you're like, ooh, yeah, that's bad. Like if you're really an expert, you should be able to fill that square in the easiest. So for me, it's business for you might be health or, or X, Y, Z. And then the bottom one, uh, let's see mindset, because here's the thing. We get so good at doing one of these sections. We get good at poking people's fears. We get good at talking about all the things that they need. We get good at talking like, okay, what's your why? What's your, and we kind of are okay with that. Most salespeople aren't actually that good at it. Um, that are mediocre sales. But when you get good at sales, you get really good at finding the motivator. But the key piece is the mindset shift. What yeah. mindset shift do they need to have? Because they might already be thinking, I just hired a coach. I don't need another one. They might be thinking, well, I already know it all, or I'm, I can't invest anymore. Right. And so knowing what mindset shift they need to change and then helping them change it. Like I'm an honest person. I just say, awesome. Well, can I bring out some mindset things that I think are going to hurt you? Like, you know, thinking that you only need one coach kind of sucks because like, what if that coach isn't helping you in like building your funnel? Right. But like, also, what if you need a health coach and what if you need this coach? And so just to bring that to awareness in a conversation with them, that's genuine because once again, you are on their side. And yeah. so when you take notes and do the market research, it just works. People buy from you. Uh, and you know what? To address what you said, Elisa, I don't think it's slimy or anything. I think that how you do it, you are diagnosing it and that's how you can help them. So when you, when we reframe it and think about it in terms of our role is to help and to alleviate the pain points and things like that. Like you've got to find out if you don't find their root cause, you can't really help them. And then your name's on the line. Right. So I think yeah. that's cool. So for the next five minutes, let's talk about what you guys do for fun. I saw you golfing the other day at a driving range. I, I mean, you guys, you have kids, you have a life. How do you balance all of this, you know, $70,000 a week and, and having a family and having fun? How do you do it all? Anybody? <laughs> You want this, you? you want this. Okay. I'm going to go first and then I'm, I'm going to set this up and then you can bring it home. But, uh, so for us, it's all about having the same long-term goal, like a hundred percent. Like he has his business. I have my business, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like both of us want to be fulfilled in our businesses. We also want to be fulfilled in our family. And that means that our kids are healthy. It means they're taken care of. Like people would be shocked. We actually don't let anybody outside of family watch our kids minus like two people. Uh, and so <laughs> like people are like, how do you guys do that? And we're like, no, we find good people to watch our kids. Like we could not leave them because that's like a priority for us. Right. And so we couldn't leave them with somebody that wasn't good. Um, and so for us, we look at our goals, like what our goal is to get healthier. It's funny. We actually both always have goals in health and fitness, but they're never the same. Like I never have the expectation that my spouse has to do the same thing as me. And he has to, and like, he even the other day was like, Hey, you could do this diet if you want to do it with me. And I was like, not even going there. Like I got my own thing going on. I'm doing my own thing. And that's, that's part of it though, is that we both know our goals are what to be healthy, to be happy, to have 
financially freaking wealthy and making a ton of money, having impact in the world. And so balance is a hard one because everybody's is different. But I think for us, the balance comes every single day. It will be me being like, Hey, Omar, I have this client appointment that I got to take. We don't, I don't have a sitter for the kids. Can you jump in and help? Right. Or like, Hey, I'm going top golf. I got this thing with my girls. Like, can you help? You know? And he says, yes. And then he's like, Hey, I have this thing. You got to move your last appointment. And I'm like, okay, let me do it. And so it's not always easy. I'll be honest. It's not, it's not, no, easy, it's it's not. Important. yeah. Yeah, but it's what we know what's important to us. And I think the number one question we ask ourselves always, whenever we find ourselves strapped for time, because that's typically when people can't find balance is when they don't have the time um, or they're not seeing the time, is we always just say, what is this going to do for us in five years? What's it going to mean for us to move to another city? What's it going to mean for us to make this commute? What's it going to mean for us to spend the hours doing this versus this? You know what I mean? And so for us, it's like, is that going to help our long-term goal? And if it is, we just do it. And that's the balance. The balance is aimed towards the goal. And everything else finds out. But Omar, you go. Yes. No, I, I love that. And it's, it's, it's exactly true. Is Here's a simple way. We, we set one clear goal. Like this is our family financial, like, well, this is where we want to end up. And so everything we do is to get to that goal. Now, the number one thing I would say is have a set goal of, or a destination that you want to have with your significant other. If you don't, you're going to find a lot of struggle, a lot of fighting. So if you have a clear goal, and you guys realize that it's not one against the other. It's not who's better, who's doing more. It's how do both of you work as a team, be a team players to get to that one goal. Yeah. Okay. So that way, if I ever schedule something and Elisa has something to go, Hey, can you, can, can you move this around a little bit? Because I have this, she knows it's designed to get us to that one goal. And if she's being a team player, she's going to be like, I got you. If she says, you know, I want to go here, do this. And I go, you know what? It's to get us to that goal. Don't worry. I got you. Because I understand we're on a team, we're both working. When she wins, I win. When I win, she wins. And so that's the first thing we do is we help each other that way. Now, Elise and I could both get really lost without having a lot of fun because this is our fun. Like if you were sitting there at, at a kitchen table with us while we were eating dinner, like these are the conversations we consistently have. Uh, but one thing I really like to do is uh, like I'm a movie geek where I love to go to the movies. Okay. So one thing I do is I always schedule that out, always schedule it out. And Elisa knows that, Hey, Omar needs this for his personal time, or he needs to go hang out. And I know that Elisa needs this to recharge, to go hang out, to go have fun. And so I always make sure we have time to either schedule it together or each of us schedules it. And then we even take care of each other and go, Hey, do you need some time to go do this? Because I understand that's probably like that. our number one question. Can I say that really fast? That is probably the number one question out of our mouth every single day. Wait, are you okay? Do you need you time? Like we're just checking in all day long to make sure yeah. that person did their fun thing that they needed to do. Keep yeah, going. I, I love it because we can only go uh, because if one of us is at fifty percent uh, upset, weighed down, tired out, uh, you have to remember that if the, the end destination is to get to this goal as quickly as possible. So if she needs something, I know that if I help her then she's going to have more energy to actually go and vice versa. So it's so selfish and twisted, but it's so true. <laughs> no, it's, it's real. I'm going to give my husband what he needs. So I can it's get just real dude. It's real. And you know what? I bet you anybody that's listening right now is like hashtag relationship goals. So yeah. the key is to stay connected or you're going to, you're going to go opposite ways. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So, Lisa, so do that's you have that's any, you have any other questions or anything that you want to ask about Lisa? Anything? No, I'm just thinking in my head, I'm excited for the recording. So I go back and take lots of notes. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah. 
because Jen is like visual. So she's writing it down. I'm like, just listening. I'm like soaking it all in. No, no I got um, you guys, this is like, when I talk about bringing guests on our podcast that are going to actually give tangible tips and wisdom to people walking away today to go change their life. Like I just nailed it, hit it out of the park next level. Um, that's exactly what we want to do. I mean, if we're all learning things, if we're accruing wisdom, if we're accruing knowledge, it is our responsibility to share that and help others move forward. And you guys just nailed that. So thank you so much. This is exactly what our listeners need. This is what we need. Y'all are amazing. Thank you. That was perfect. It was. In touch with you. Let's talk about that. before we. That's exactly what I wanted to ask next is so I know you guys are based out of Utah, but I know you, you would like, you service the world, right? So I know that, I know that if anybody wanted to contact you, there's several different ways to do it. Walk us through, let's spend the next couple minutes walking through. If somebody wanted to reach out and find out how do I turn my business around? How do I do this? How do I get on a stage? At least I'm going to have you go first and then I'll have Omar wrap it up. But how do we get in contact with you if we're listening? (laughs) Yeah. So one of two things I'm going to tell you. So one, go ahead and just find me on Facebook. Uh, I use that platform. I have assistants that also help me manage that platform. So if you message me there, it will get seen at some point and it won't just be like a text message that I forget. So, um, cause I suck at texting, I'll be honest. So find me on Facebook, message me on messenger. Like that is the best way. Elisa June Camacho is how it's spelled like Alyssa though. So A L Y S S A and then June, like the month and then Camacho C A M A C H O add me as a friend. Um, and then we'll go from there. I also have pages you can follow of course, but, but also anybody who's like, Hey, I would like love to help in my business. And that's what you're reaching out for specifically. Or maybe you just are having a crappy day and you're like, I heard that story about how you guys got your, you know, car repossessed and all those things that happened. Can you tell me more about how life sucked for you and then how it got great? Like, cause I get, we all need that person sometimes to like give us that hope. Like I can tell you that person for you. So if you email us at events, well, me personally at events at femaleentrepreneurempire.com and just put attention, Elisa, I'll get it. And I will just respond to you. It doesn't have to be like, Hey, I want to work with you. It can literally be like, Hey, this is my business idea. Is it stupid? And I will literally give you feedback on it. So if you need help, there's my email address. Um, and also you can add me on Facebook and we can hang out there too. Right on. Omar, how about you? Cool. Uh, so I like to keep it super simple. And so just like Elisa, Facebook, uh, it's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Add me on Facebook, Omar J. Camacho. You'll probably see a picture like that or something like that. Uh, in the back, uh, you'll probably see it on there, me smiling or something. Uh, go ahead and add it on there and ask me any questions. Here's one of the things is that I always like to set time aside to answer questions. So every week I have a couple of hours that I just set out specifically to answer anybody's questions uh, because I remember what it was like uh, starting out and having questions that I couldn't get answered without paying thousands and thousands of dollars for. So I always, that, that's where, where one of my give backs is, is I wish I would have had somebody like me to give me uh, answers to certain questions, uh, you know, that was accessible. And so shoot me a question there. Uh, if you don't want to send me a question and you just want to get my free stuff, uh, like literally I have a six figure funnel and everything like this, the one I explained how to do it all. I have it in a PDF form. So if you want it, you could just DM me there with like a same funnel or I want the funnel and I literally will just send it to you without you having you opt in without getting your email address. Like I'll just give it to you. So that is incredible value, Omar. That's rad. You guys that are rad. amazing. You know I what? You, you, have giving, you have giving hearts and that's why you guys are blessed. So thank you so much. We are so grateful that you jumped on the show today and 
shared a little bit about you and your business and your success with our listeners. We just cannot thank you guys enough. And we wish you all the success in the world because we know you'll pay it forward. So yes. And I'll see you guys soon in Vegas. <laughs> this oh, week. What? I'm excited. <laughs> all right. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.